Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. Main point, but we're, we're almost looking at, as we're transitioning, right, from, from 2018 to 2019, and, and I began to kind of reflect on 2018, and, and so I reflected on 2018, us as a church, and, and everything that, that has taken place. Oh, that's way early. <laughs> you know, because God is a God of order, and, and order matters in, God, in, in, in God's timing. As we look in 2018, there's been approximately, for the Peak Community Church, We've had approximately uh, 30 salvations, 12 water baptisms, uh, our Sunday services averaging anywhere between 85 to 100 people. That's up 40% from 2017. We've established and solidified small groups on Monday nights, corporate prayer meetings on Tuesday nights, Bible study Thursday nights, each one of our weekly meetings averaging anywhere between 15 to 18 people uh, per night. And, and it's important that they're mostly different people on every night because, you know, it's, it's one thing if it's the same person coming out to every meeting, but it's, it's different if you've got 15 on Monday, 15 on Tuesday, 15 on 30. That's averaging about 45, 50 people coming out to weekly meetings. Hallelujah. We have active children's ministries that take place here. We've got anywhere, uh, you know, if you're going to grow the church, we can either do it by outreach or we could do it by inreach. So we've got about, you know, four to six toddlers, babies in the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, we've got about six first to third graders and on an average six to four to sixth graders on weekly that come. We've got a 9 a.m. Sunday school with approximately six to eight in attendance every week. We've got food ministries where we purchase, prepare, and serve dinners bi-monthly to our local Jam Peak shelter, uh, about 50 residents. And we've partnered with other churches to do the same Thanksgiving Christmas dinner down at the VOA homeless shelter in Valhalla. That, that houses 150 residences. Um, our associate pastor of evangelism, Gino, he goes out every Tuesday night and he does Bible study at Valhalla Correctional Facility. And he preaches there on the third Sunday of, of every month. We've, we've had opportunity to, uh, support right now we've got three missionaries two in italy one in africa that that we support on a monthly basis we've partnered with uh organizations such as brooklyn teen challenge samaritan person convoy of hope in fact brooklyn teen challenge is really looking forward to coming back in march we've already scheduled that our weekly podcasts these messages right now it's being recorded and so everyone that's listening to this via podcast i i thank you for downloading these messages but as of right now um well as of maybe about a month ago we've had over 7500 downloads of our podcast messages here at the p community church amen uh, how much 7806 <laughs> this is a live <laughs> that's a live update but these messages are being downloaded these are all individual ip addresses where they're going 
Do I need a battery? No? Okay. Over, over 7,800 downloads um, uh, for, for this year. People, we're reaching people that we don't even know. We've got an entire congregation outside of this church. We are truly have become the church without walls. Amen? Amen. And we've been, and, and, and another outreach is, is, is my privilege of being able to serve as the senior chaplain for the Peekskill Police Department, serving under Chief Don Halmy, the good pleasure of the mayor. I serve as the, Peaks, uh, as the chaplain for the Peekskill Volunteer Ambulance Corps under Captain Tim Warren, and, and I also serve the Office of Emergency Management for this great city under the command of Inspector Joseph Franca. Um, you know, normally when, when a crisis happens, people call the police, but when the police has a crisis, they call a chaplain. And I have a privilege of being able to serve those men and women in uniform. Amen. We've had women's conferences, and, and we're preparing for the next one, as well as our night of worship that we just had this past Friday. Uh, we are an active, vibrant ministry, and I look back at the things that we have done and what God has been able to accomplish in and through us. It has amazed me. And this is what he did last year, and I'm looking, so looking forward to what he's getting ready to do this coming year. Amen? But I want to ask you, as individuals, what kind of year was this last year for you, spiritually? I mean, how many people are glad to see 2018 just leave? <laughs> hey, man, we got a few hands. Come on. I mean, if we're going to be real about it, how many people are just had a pinnacle year? 2018 was just on fire. Yay. All right. <laughs> We've got a few hands. I know that if I was to be completely honest with you this morning, as I always am, I have had moments. I've had valley moments. I've had mountaintop moments. But I know that spiritually, um, if I was to identify some of my moments and some of my moods of 2018, I'd have to say that the, some of it was spiritually lethargic. A laziness, slow, somewhat like molasses. And you're like, wait, hold on a second, but you're the pastor of this church. This thing's been on fire. But you know, you could have so much going on the outside. We could be so involved and so busy doing ministry and doing works, good works. Oh, they're for the Lord. But yet, not enough going on inside. And I know that for me personally, I've got to get back to some, some basic fundamentals and roots. I love Gino. Gino always says, he says, uh, uh, um, busy. You know what the acronym for busy is? Bound under Satan's yoke. Ooh. You could, we could be so involved. He could keep us so busy, you know, people pulling at you left and right. Text coming, phone calls coming, oh, pastor, I need this, oh, pastor, here, there, and everywhere. But yet, you know what? So busy on the outside, but not busy enough on the inside. You fall into some spiritual inconsistencies. How are we doing with our personal devotions, our devotion time? 
I prepare and study scriptures to show myself approved. I, I seek out God to prepare these messages and to know that they're scripturally and theologically correct and on point, that they are culturally relevant, that illustrations would come that would be able to connect with you as a, as a people so I can be truly his oracle, his voice box here. But how much of that personal Bible study have I been able to do for myself, my own personal growth? And I have to kind of put myself in check with that, my personal prayer time. I do a lot of praying with people. Pastor, can you pray for me? I, I need this. I need some healing. I need a breakthrough. This is taking place in my life. And all responding to the crises and sure, praying corporately with people. But how many times, how often am I getting down on my knees in my prayer closet before the Lord? I'm just talking, putting myself out there. I, I, I hope maybe I can connect with you and, and maybe this may be making some sense to you as an individual, but... If it's true for me, I, I can only imagine that it can be true for you. We can become so spiritually, emotionally consumed, more publicly concerned than personally. And we got to get back to our personal relationship with God because God has to be first. He's got to be first in our lives. He's got to be first in every area of our lives. Because if he is first in every area of our lives, we've got order. Because God is a God of order. But if he isn't first in any area of our lives, then we have disorder. And order matters. Order matters. Order is important, right? In the order that we do our grocery shopping... Anyone who's married will tell you, you know what I'm saying? How many people do have lists, do grocery shopping with lists? List people. Come on, show yourselves. OCD, there it goes. How many people just go into the grocery store and just walk the aisles and, and do their shopping that way? <laughs> do you know that the, you know that grocery stores, I, 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 a lot of my family, they own, they own supermarkets. And you know that they set up aisles in a specific way they 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 have they have a way to go and it's psychological they it's 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 all about you know that that impulsive sales and so when you walk in the produce is always on the front where do they put the milk in the back corner the farthest corner because you know that's one of the most popular items so they figure you know what let's put the milk out in the far back corner because that's most people they want bread and milk they, they that's that's you know bread milk and eggs and so they get, they put that in the farthest end so that you purposely have to walk through the entire grocery store and they know they're going to capture your eye with something. You know, they got those sales, they got the can cans, they got all of those other things going on so that you're going, oh, you know what? Yo, I need toilet paper. Throw that in there. And, 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 and there's an order to it. There's an order to it. <laughs> My OCD kicks in when it comes to, you know, the checkout counter. And, and bagging groceries. I don't like, I, I, don't help me bag my groceries. 
Sometimes I feel bad because, I, like, I step over and I push the guy over to the side because I want to bag groceries. Why? Because you know what? I think that frozen items should go with frozen items, and and I think that you know don't don't put my bread with the cans because that's one of my pet peeves. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't like crushed bread. I I, I get I, I flip out, and so all of a sudden, you know, I want I want all my cans together. I want all my refrigerated items together. You can't all you know boxes. It, it, there's an order that has to go. It's got to make sense. It's just the way I am. Doesn't it? (laughs) My OCD sister. (laughs) I've got people that work at the where I do my grocery shopping. They know. They know me. When you do laundry, you gotta do the dark colors with the light colors and you keep the white separate come on you you know there's an order how we get dressed in the morning there's a certain order to the way we get dressed you don't you don't put your underwear over your outer garments and then your clothes i mean i was thinking about that and there <laughs> that's what that slide was all about i mean how do you get dressed in the morning you don't you don't put your underwear on top of your clothes you got to put your <laughs> You put your underwear first and then you put your clothes because there's got to be an order to it. Or if not, you'll be disorderly. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I've come to know. (laughs) Here's what I've come to know is that a life that God blesses is not just what we offer to God but the order in which we offer it. A life that God blesses is not just about what we offer to God, but the order in which we offer it. He is a God of order. Isaiah 28, 10 through 13, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing How many people sometimes feel restless, weary? God is giving us a rest that then we can provide rest to those who are weary. If we do it his way, not our way. All of creation has an order to it. God said, let there be. And every time he said, let there be, he saw that it was good. And then he took that goodness and built upon it. He laid down foundations and within the foundations he began to build and construct. And it was precept upon precept. Amen? So how do we put our spiritual lives in order? How can we get ourselves in alignment with God and his order for us? Jesus spoke in the gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter, the 33rd verse. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. 
We've got to prioritize the things that we seek after. What are we, what are we desiring? What are we going after? Yeah, we could have some dreams. We could have aspirations. We can be inspired to go in a certain direction. But if we do not put God first, all of that will be chaos, even in our pursuit of it. But if we can put him first, and let me tell you something, family. It's not a matter of us putting God first. God is first. He is first. Before the foundations of the world were laid, he already was, for he is the great I am. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. God is first. He is preeminent over all of creation. We just have to put ourselves in acknowledgement of that. And so this morning, I'm going to be speaking to you about putting first things first. Putting first things first. And so I'm going to got four areas, four areas. These are my four bullet points. So if you're taking notes, the first area that we need to put God first is how we seek him daily. The first of the day. The first of the day, every day, can we put God first? I don't want to give you a legalistic command here. I mean, obviously, when we wake up, I, I remember when I got first newly saved, and this was, oh, my God, you know, my first love every day to me was... <gasps> Another opportunity to serve God. God, thank you. Oh, Jesus, you're in my heart. I mean, I was opening up my eyes while still in bed, wondering in awe of his goodness. Sometimes we stray away from that first love. We get consumed with all of our thoughts. In fact, many of us will have restless nights where it even becomes difficult for us to sleep because our minds, the wheels are turning. So many responsibilities, so many thoughts. I mean, we're, we're in this age now of this digital media where we've got all of the world in our back pocket, news flashes coming through, uh, 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 these notifications and, and push notifications and bloop, bloop, oh, someone just liked your post and got Instagram going and someone just sent me a Snapchat and I got to snap it back. Oh, all of this stuff going on and, and so now all of a sudden we, we, we get at home and we want to lay ourselves down to sleep and hello oh my god but I still got to do this and tomorrow and I have that meeting and then with that appointment and oh my god did I write that check out and pay that bill and so we pull out the phone because that's where our payments are and the insurance guy going oh my goodness and that is due and we're so consumed I want to challenge you church can you commit yourself to, to try to put it within your mind to every day seek God first? And again, it's not, it's not that we have to be legalistic about it. Obviously, you've been sleeping for, you know, several hours and you wake up in the morning. I know one of the first things that I got to do is go to the bathroom. And so that's okay. I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> but can, can, you know that nothing significant will take place. I've gotten to the, uh, I, 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 just several months ago, I, I, I did this, I, you know, I had to do this for myself. Shut, ignore the phone. Do not turn the news on. Make a commitment to give him that first moment of the day. All right, so you know, I mean, 
I go to the bathroom. I'll brush my teeth because, you know, you don't want to talk to anybody with yuck mouth. Like that morning breath is, whoo. But, you know, I mean, and so I'm, I want to come to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to be speaking to the Lord. I want to make sure that I brush my jibs and take care of that. Put the coffee on. And as that coffee is getting ready, just put a little worship music in the background. The psalmist in the 63rd Psalm says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You know, as you go to sleep, you, you haven't drank anything, you haven't eaten anything, and so therefore, you're in a fasted state. You've been fasting overnight. You don't realize this, but you haven't consumed anything, and so you're actually, your body is in a fasting state. That's why, what's the first meal of the day? Breakfast. You break the fast. Break fast. I know, I know somebody's light bulb just went up like, oh. <laughs> that, we can, that we can come to him first. Before, before putting something of substance within our stomach, can we put something of substance in our spirit? Do you know that this was one of the most repetitive behavior of Jesus Christ in the four Gospels? He got away in God alone to be with the Father. And when he, did he do that? He did it often and he did it in the morning. Mark 135. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. For me, my, my day becomes so consumed, and, and, and so in order for me to get to the gym, I have to do it in the morning, because if I try to put it in the afternoon or in the evenings, I'll, I'll never get there. And so I realize, you know what? If my health is important to me, then I have to make it important. And I have to give it a priority. And so therefore, I began to set my alarm a little earlier so that then I can get to the gym early. Well, if that's important to me, how much more is not the word of God? And so you know what I had to do to that alarm clock, right? <laughs> Come on, girl. That 445 comes, comes around quick in the morning. It comes around quick. But if, if it's important to you, You'll make it a priority within your life. I, I want to encourage you, family, the first 15 minutes, half hour, you know, that, that you can give unto the Lord, 45 minutes, whatever you've got, set that alarm just that much earlier and don't hit the snooze button. Make a commitment within yourself to put God first. Seek Him first every day. Those first few minutes, this is the tithe of your day. Ooh, it'll transform your life. So before going to the gym, I, I, I've set the alarm a little earlier, and I go downstairs, I put my pot of coffee on, and I get into the Word. This is for me personally. Not, not, not in preparation for you. This is me seeking God out for my individual growth and enlightenment. Amen? And so, you know, I, I picked up the Charles Stanley Life Principle Daily Bible. 
And uh, it's just a Bible that breaks it every day, you know, day, uh, uh, you know, the first of January, second, third, and fourth day. And it breaks it down in a way where you have, it gives you the Old Testament reading. Then it gives you a portion of the Psalms. It gives you a portion of Proverbs. And then it gives you a New Testament reading. And so you do that daily reading for the day. And by the end of the year, you've read through the entire scriptures. And then it gives you some teachings and some life principles that you can apply based on the readings of that day. And so this is what I've done. I would encourage you, if you don't have it, if you've got technology, download the YouVersion app on, onto your phone, onto your device, and, and jump into a reading plan. They've got a bunch of them and, and different types of uh, uh, reading, but it'll, it'll keep you on track. And if you miss a day know that you know what you can catch up on your reading then then you know you make it up on the on the following day if if you've gotten two days that gotten a little crazy on you then you know with with the app it says you know catch me up to this day you can hit the button and it'll it'll bring you right back but for the next 21 days i'm going to encourage you to set it within your heart to seek him out the first of the day amen the second point is to seek him out on the first of the week. Seek him out on the first of the week to worship God. Acts 20, uh, verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 7. Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, when did they gather together? The first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? Sunday. Where are we at today? Sunday. It's the first of the week. This is why the Sabbath day the, within the new church, the people of the way within the New Testament, they, they began to gather on the first day of the week. It honored the day of his resurrection. It gave them the first of that week. If they were going to tithe and they were going to give them of what they have on a weekly basis, they weren't going to give them what they had at the end on a Saturday. They were giving it to him what they had in the beginning on the Sunday. Amen? Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. How many people could say, thank God he don't preach like Paul? We'd be here till midnight. Come on. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. You know that uh, a statistics by uh, Barnum was made out. 48% of American churchgoers, 48, I mean, that's almost half, right? Half of American churchgoers attend church. Once a month. 50%, 48% of churchgoers, American churchgoers, they visit their congregation on an average once a month. Acts chapter 2, we, we, we see that they, they received the Holy Spirit. They were up in the upper room and they were praying and they were together. And all of a sudden, like a rushing wind, and the tongues of 
fire came down upon them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so based upon that, once that took place, there was a transformation. God's, this isn't, this is an outward religious ritual. This is an inward relationship that now, because of the work of the cross, sin has been eradicated from our lives. God is writing a new slate over your life. You are no longer held bound by the sin of your past and because of the newness that's inside of you he is able to deposit his holy spirit to come and live inside of you he doesn't choose to live in temples built by man he chooses to live in the temples that he himself designed jesus each one of us are temples of the most high god carrying within us the deposit of his holy spirit and when that takes place within our lives he changes us all of a sudden, the things that we, we, we were drawn to, the sinless, you know, the broad street and the neon lights and the sound and the music and the dancing, all of a sudden, all of that becomes what? Psh, fleeting away. And he places a desire and a thirst and a hunger for righteousness within us. Listen to what the 48th chapter, 46th verse of, of that second chapter says. So continuing daily... This was a daily act for these believers. They were drawn unto each other. They knew that they needed each other. They came together daily with one accord into the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. No longer was there a desire to keep up with the Joneses. Ooh, the new iPhone came out, the 10. Ooh, I got to get that one. And oh my God, you know what? Those glasses would look good. And you saw those new pair of jeans that came out. Consumerisms. Come on. Stuff is fleeting away. All of a sudden, we come back to some basics and simplicity of heart. Together they gathered daily, praising God and having favor with all the people. How many people can say all? All the people. You know what? Those are believers and non-believers. God would give us favor with all the people. You know what? A, a lot of Christians out there that wind up not having favor with all of the people because they become so judgmental, because they become so self-righteous, because all of a sudden, I am holier than you. Come on, man. If Jesus was accused, accused, you do all of these miracles and, and, and you call yourself the son of God and yet you hang out with the prostitutes and the thieves and the tax collectors, to those self-righteous religious people, Jesus said, you know what, physician, heal yourself. I didn't come for the self-righteous. I came for the ones that know that they're broken. There's got to be a certain level of brokenness within us, an acknowledgement that we are sinful, that we're filthy before his holy standard. It wasn't that they were more holy I think it was because they were more honest with each other in regards to how much they needed each other. Listen, what you can't do alone, we can certainly do together. And that's why the Peak Community Church is that we are a community. We are a family. When you hurt, I hurt. When you rejoice, I rejoice. When you're celebrating, we're all celebrating. And when you're down, we're all down. 
But we come together as a community to be involved with each other, to know one another. This is why, like for me, when, when we do that break into mission and, and, and we do the tithes and the offerings, I, I just make it so pressure-free. You know what? If you can make it over to the box, those who are walking this walk, they know the commitment. They're sowing seed. If, if you don't even understand that principle yet, I'm the first one to tell you, you know what? Keep it in your pocket until you can recognize and realize that what you're doing is sowing into the ministry that you're bringing back your first fruits. I'll talk about it in a little bit. But you have to understand and know the principle of tithing and sowing into the kingdom so that then you can truly be rewarded. That's a good place to say amen. We need to get better at needing each other and acknowledging the fact that we need each other to come on the first. Make this a commitment to be able to come here on the first of the week. This is part of our worship. When you don't feel like coming, that's when you, that's when you know you've got to come to hear God's word and hear it together to be able to worship together. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. How many people can see the day approaching? We're living in perilous times. All you got to do is turn the news on and you see what's taking place, not only, not only globally, nationally, and even within our local municipalities, we're in trouble. At the peak, we've got four weekly services. One on Monday night, small groups. One on Tuesday night, corporate prayer. One on Thursday night, systematic Bible study. We, we've got the men's fellowship every Saturday morning over at, at YAG, Yorktown Assembly. And on Sunday morning, between Sunday school at 9 a.m., worship service at 10 a.m. I mean, if you can't get to the church... At the peak, you're really not trying. Because we've got things going on all week long. If you're in town, come and worship at church. And if you're not in town, you can worship online. You can give God that Sunday. I remember, uh, uh, you know, one of the first times we went on vacation and we went down to the Jersey Shores and it was for a week-long vacation. And um, I got online and I began to look and I found that there was a Bible study on a Tuesday night and, and I just decided to show up. And it was one of the blessed nights that I had. And of course, you know, I could only stay quiet for so long. <laughs> But what an awesome time of fellowship. People that were complete strangers. I never met them. They never met me. Nobody even invited me. I just showed up, sat down. And within, you know, 10, 15 minutes of, of us getting into the word, there was a connectedness. This is how you'll know them, by the love that they have for one another. I went in there as a stranger and I left his family. And that's what church should be about. Amen? And if you're in a place that you can't get to that, you know, online, podcast. I mean, 
It's got to just be something that you make a commitment to put him first. I mean, I never asked, in my house, we never asked, you know, do you want to go to church? Do you feel like going to church? You hungry? You want to eat? Do you feel like eating? Man, we're going to eat. <laughs> That's the obvious. Coming to church isn't an option. This is, this is where we belong. This is where we belong. And not just because we're, the, you know, we're, we're the pastors here and, and my entire family's involved in ministry here. But before we were pastoring, before we were involved in ministry, <laughs> Sunday, that's, that's a given. It wasn't an option. Your town assembly of God was our church and we were there every Sunday. We were there every Wednesday. Well, then they changed it to Thursday. Listen, we were there. We were there because we knew that that's where we belonged. I told you I'd talk about it. Hold on to your seat. Nobody gets scared. We talked about the first of the day. We talked about the first of the week. I want to talk about, you know, the first of the month. How is it that on a monthly basis that we can certainly know that we're putting God first and it's within our tithe? It's within our tithe. I preached a message. I, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't talk a lot about tithing and, and, and that sort of stuff because you know what? Um, I don't want to be labeled. Uh, I'm, I'm one coming out from amongst the people, you know. Uh, when I first came into, in, into faith and, 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 and began to look for churches, it just seemed that there was just another preacher in an Armani suit with the fancy cufflinks and passing the offering cup. And sometimes not only once but twice, even up to three times. That's a burden upon God's people. That is not biblical. What I want to talk to you today is what the Bible has to say about this. And, and if you want, uh, on the podcast back in April, April 14th, I, I, I preached on a message called Kingdomnomics. And so there's, there's some real clear teaching there, some awesome teaching. I went back. I was like, man, I taught that. I preached on that. <laughs> it was good stuff. But do you, do you remember what the first offering that was presented to God? What was the first offering that was presented to God in the Bible? It goes right back into Genesis. Cain and Abel. That's right. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And she said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Why? Why was one rejected and one accepted? Why was one uh, acceptable before the sight of the Lord and the other one was rejected? It's important. How many people know? Order matters. Order matters before God. Where does fruit usually grow? Where do you pick fruit from? You want an apple? Where are you going to get the apple from? You want a mango? Oh, I love mango. Huh? You want an orange? 
Huh? So, so, so if I'm going to bring God an offering and I'm a tiller of the ground, I'm a farmer, I'm an ar- uh, 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 agriculturalist. And all of a sudden, here's all of this fruit hanging, but you know what? Rather than bringing God the, the hanging fruit, what's fresh, what's ripe, what's good, let me just pick up what's on the ground and gather that, what's fallen off the tree. Let me, let me just pick this off the ground. I, I'm, I'm going to give God that as my offering. God doesn't want our scraps. He does not want our scraps. If we're going to bring an offering unto God, let it be our first fruits. Let it be the first of what we've got. Abel brought him his firstborn, his first fruit. He put God first. Too many of us, we live on upside down budgets. You know, we, we, we make our paycheck and we pay our bills and we take care of ourselves first and what we need and whatever's left over. Then, then that's what I could, that's what I'll give to God. That equals to Cain's offering. That's us bringing God our scraps, our leftovers. And this is why I'm saying, if you don't understand this principle, then, then you know what? Rather not give. Until you can put God first. Don't bring him your scraps. Because he's not going to respect it. Bring him your first fruits. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, how many people heard of Melchizedek? Huh? The king of righteousness, right? He was the king of Salem. Salem stands for righteousness. And here we have almost this Christophany, this Christ-like figure in the New Testament. He was the king of righteousness and he brought out what? Bread and wine. Oof. That's a message right there. I could, I could just unpackage that for about an hour. He brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God, most high God. And he blessed Abram and said, blessed be Abram of God, most high possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And what did Abram do? He gave him a tithe of all. He took, how many people know what tithe means? 10%. It's a tithe, a 10%. Abram gave, out of everything he had, he came of his first fruits and gave a tithe and all. Do you know, people say, well, yeah, but tithing is the Old Testament. We're living in the New Testament. We're no longer held under the law. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard every argument. Trust me, I've been doing this for a little while. This was 450 years before Moses received the law. Tithing predates the law. This wasn't something that was done under legal obligation. It became part of the law. But this was something that was placed within the heart of man to acknowledge Everything I have is a blessing from God. Everything that he allows me to acquire, everything, all of the fruit of my labor, what comes in is a blessing of 
God. And if I'm going to put God first, that means that I'm going to take, skim right off the top of it, and I'm going to bring that to God as an act of worship, saying, Lord, here, I'm sowing this back into your kingdom so that then you can move, so that then we can build places where people can gather. We can feed the poor and the hungry. We can reach out to our communities and those that are in need, those that have widowed to us. We, we want to be able to bless them and be a blessing. And so God, as my act of worship, I thank you for allowing me to bring in this increase. This is yours, all of it. But I'm going to take right off the top just a small portion of it and I'm going to bring it back to you, oh God, as a seed being sown into the ground that you can bless and bring forth the harvest. The tithe predates the law. And it's the principle of bringing God our best, our first fruits as offerings. And this still stands. I'm going to give you a little bit. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Malachi 3, 9, and 10, he says, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me in this, test me in this, God says. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. Leviticus 27.30 And all the tithe of the land, whether of seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree. Where's the fruit? It's in the tree. It's not on the ground. He says, bring the first fruits of the tree. It is of the Lord's. It belongs to him. And God calls it holy. New Testament. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of the week, hello, what day? Let each of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Do this before I even get there. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 15, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So many preachers, man, wanna, want people to give under compulsion. Man, it can't be under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed, and he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. 
This service that you perform is not only supplying the need of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have provided yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else, and in their prayers, For you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is an area that I had to rearrange my life. And for many of you who know my testimony, my life hit a reset. I came and I started from scratch, building on nothing. Starting back on minimum wage. And so, you know, when all you got is $10 to give a dollar, is no big deal. All right, this is my act of obedience. Got a hundred bucks, Lord. I'm, I'm good. your town. Here's ten dollars. This is this is my this is my this is my act of obedience. And it doesn't happen overnight, but because of my obedience, God was able to then move me from ten bucks to writing checks for a hundred bucks. And I remember, I remember. It's not that, you know, my life has always been, I'm not a great administrator of finances. It's always been paycheck to paycheck. But I remember when they were, they were uh, um, uh, looking towards uh, buying the van, that vehicle, the 23 passenger, you know, kind of a a big, big thing. And they were doing a drive and, and I just felt the Lord put something within my heart. And I remember that first big check that God, man, just be able to walk in obedience and cut out that check for a couple of thousand dollars. He brought me from minimum wage to a point where I was managing and earning in a way that, my God, he is faithful. He is faithful. And I know that if this principle worked in my life, he is no respecters of persons. He will work it out in your life. Amen? So, final point. That was a tough one for me to get by. Final point, first of the day, first of the week, first of the month. Family, right now we're finishing 2018 and we're starting in 2019. And I want to talk to you about the first of the year. The first of the year. We're talking about fasting. You've got, you've got that intro? Dave, if you could just dim the lights. This is a good instructional video on fasting. I think fasting's awesome. I mean, where else can you combine spirituality and dieting all in the same way? I mean, I think it's a bound rap, pound for pound it does. You know, people think it's for monks or supermodels and stuff like that. But I'm here to tell you it's for everybody. Last summer, I had a 20-year reunion slash barbecue slash swim party to go to, and I done but had to drop about 85 pounds. So thanks to fasting, what has two thumbs and look good in a swimsuit? This guy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Fasting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's great to uh, skip a meal or two so you can hear God's voice better, you know? Stay plugged into him. Yeah. You know, some people uh, fast from phones and music and gadgets. What? The? That's, that's not a sacrifice. That's, that's not even biblical. I mean, that, that's crazy talk, you know? I mean, God gave us this stuff so we could stay plugged into him. 
maximize our lives. It also keeps us busy enough to never be still or quiet. Are you even a Christian? <laughs> I dare you to fast from your phone for one minute. Fine. Minute. You got it. No biggie. I don't care. I probably should take that. I fast. Okay, that's a total lie. I don't even fast at all. Okay. I want to. Another lie. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Deal is, I'm hypoglycemic and diabetic, and that's not even close to the truth at all. Okay? <laughs> hey, even the Bible says, he who hopes dies fasting, right? Right? Okay, Benjamin Franklin said that right before he died. <laughs> Bottom line, fasting makes me hungry. Are we almost uh, done? I'm Brett Johansson, and I believe that fasting is one of the greatest spiritual disciplines one can achieve in their faith. When my family or friends invite me to go to lunch, I gently remind them and passive-aggressively admonish them by reminding them, did you not get my fasting notification email? Oh, that I had the luxury to eat lunch like you do. <laughs> Every year around Easter, I go through a 40-day fast to heighten my sensation of the Easter holiday. This year, however, I've decided to tack on 10 extra days. <laughs> so by the time we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, I will have been fasting for 50 whole days. If I survive. In my fast, I have a very rigid schedule. And if you do not have a rigid schedule, then God does not approve. Some people like to cheat, and they drink flavored waters and juices within the fast. You must be drinking unfiltered well water. And if you do not drink unfiltered well water, God does not approve. In the afternoon, I put a cone of silence around me. I do not talk to anyone. Yes, that does annoy people. Yes, it does anger my coworkers. I am persecuted within my fast. And if you are not persecuted within the fast, God does not approve. When I get home, I go straight to my prayer closet. I do not talk to my wife. I do not play with the kids. I let them fend for themselves. And if the kids do not fend for themselves and the wife does not get talked to, God does not approve. You know what? I'm going to ask nice one more time and then I am not in control of what happens, okay? So give me the phone. Okay, fine. Oh. I need the phone. I, I need to call. Um, no, you want to call? <laughs> so what's the deal with fasting? <laughs> so we're calling for a fast as the first of the year coming into 2019. I think about what God has done in this past year. You heard all of the stuff that, as we started, the year that we've had as a church. What can we believe God for as we enter into this fast? The fasting is going to start January 2nd. And so we can celebrate New Year's, New Year's Eve, and we can eat New Year's Day and enjoy ourselves. But January 2nd, we need a mindset change to be able to really put God first in every area of our lives. 
Fasting is, 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 is a principle. It's a discipline. And Galatians 5, 16, 17 doesn't say anything about fasting, but it gives us a little bit of an insight. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary. They're at war with one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, I don't know about you, but there's always a struggle. You know, there are things that you, you don't want to do when you find yourself doing. There are things that you want to do and you just don't find yourself doing them. And, and so we're in this constant struggle of what we're going to put first. How can we submit and subject the flesh? And so fasting gives us an opportunity when, when you deny your body something that uh, it absolutely needs. Right? You get hunger pains and all of a sudden you, you take command and you say, you know what? No, stomach, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give in to this. I've already got my hours. I'm gonna wait till the evening. I'm gonna eat when I say I'm gonna eat, not when you tell me to eat. Who's in control, the flesh or the spirit? And it should be. But it's not always the case. And fasting, allows us to put ourselves in tune. I often say you starve the flesh and you feed the spirit. You want the spirit man to get stronger? Starve the flesh. Discipline the flesh. Buffet the flesh. Feed the spirit. You know that on at least three occasions in the Bible, there were 40-day fasts. Moses, he fasted for 40 days. What happened after the, those 40 days? He was, he was the recipient of the Ten Commandments. Elijah, he fasted for 40 days and had an encounter with God. Jesus fasted for 40 days and was able to overcome the temptations of Satan in the wilderness. In the book of Joel... The first chapter, 14th verse, he calls, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Throughout the scriptures, we see a variety of fasts, one-day fast, three-day fast, seven-day fast. We are declaring here at the Pake a 21-day fast. For the next 21 days, 21 days of hunger from January 2nd to the 23rd, that we would commit ourselves to discipline the flesh and to feed the spirit by putting God first. What can we believe God to do in 2019? Win lost souls to Christ? Increase our influence? Maybe be able to establish a live stream above the podcasts. Maybe we can strengthen our small groups, uh, have deeper prayer meetings. Maybe, maybe God would increase us so much that we would be forced to go to two services on Sunday. What can we believe God to do for you as an individual? Some of the benefits of fast, it renews spiritual vision, brings holy brokenness, purifies your heart, humbles your soul, releases spiritual guidance, gives you an opportunity to subdue the flesh and heighten your spiritual awareness. It deepens your communion with God. It clears your mind to hear God's voice, silences the chatter. How many people want to just silence the chatter of all of those thoughts that come into your mind 
brings spiritual refreshing, adds power to our prayers, brings deliverance, brings greater fruitfulness, facilitates breakthroughs. How many people need a breakthrough in their life? Come on, let's, let's render ourselves to put God first. And as a byproduct, this is just a byproduct, it cleanses the body and helps us lose weight. Family, come on. Are you with me? Can we declare 2019 to be the best year ever by putting God first in every areas of your life? So how, how are we going to starve the flesh? Make the decision now this morning before the second even, before the second even arises. All of fasting and scripture has always been dealt with food, right? Denying the body something that it absolutely needs. Trusting God, knowing that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Some of us, we, we have to take medication and, and, and we need to be able to have substance within us. Let's choose what that substance is. Maybe we could give up a single meal and substitute that meal for devotion time and study of the Word of God. I'm purposing in my heart to, to do a Daniel fast. That means that I'm giving up all of the choice meats, all of the sugars and sweets, all of the carbs and rice and, and, and pastas and bread. And so I'm going vegan. Oh my God. Ugh. I'm sorry, I can't even believe I said that in a statement. Ugh rabbit food yo we were made to eat steaks and all right um listen <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing i'm doing 21 days and i'm giving up all of that stuff and i'm going to vegetables fruits beans and nuts um water but outside of giving up the food or replacing these meals with something right what about your tv and your radio you know what? We are what we eat. We are what we consume. What, what about the eye gates and the ear gates? Maybe, maybe our eye gates can be dedicated only to right now media content. If you're going to get on a device and you're going to watch something, how about going on to right now media? How about maybe downloading some of the, uh, you know, I, I, I watch um, uh, Stephen Furtick. I like T.D. Jakes. I like James McDonald. These are some of the preachers that I happen to watch, but you can watch. But cut out, cut out the secular music and all that Drake and booty drop this and all of that stuff. And you know what? Just clear the ears from that nonsense that's on that radio because we are what we eat as we consume. Let's not consume this garbage, these empty calories. Let's, let's be, make a conscious effort what we allow through our ear gates. Maybe strictly just put your uh, Christian radio station onto K-Love, listening to podcasts, Pandora, to contemporary Christian worship music. But mostly be committed to put God first. Spiritual apathy and inconsistency is not okay with me. And church, it really shouldn't be okay with you. And as far as laying down a rule for fasting, last scripture I'll share with you this morning, Matthew 6, 17 through 18. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Don't go out to, to lunch with your co-workers and, and, you know, everyone's ordering a burger and, 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 and Chick-fil-A. Oh, 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 no, I can't. I'm fasting. Um, um, you know, hey, I'll take the side salad. 
You know, oh, you know, just making these decisions. Don't, don't, this isn't something to be produced or to be flaunted by men. Oh, you know, I'm in a 21 day fast and you know, no, I can't eat. I got to stay away from that. You know how bad that stuff is. You know how many calories inside that scoop of ice cream? This isn't, this isn't, this isn't a fast that God honors. What you do, do it in the secret place. And God, what you do in secret, God will reward you openly. If you want what you've always had, just continue to do what you've always done. But if you need some change in your life, make a commitment right now to do some different things in your life. And let's start by putting God first. The most important thing doesn't always get the first priority, but it should. What will it take to stop being distracted by urgent and start focusing on the meaningful? Today, let's decide to put first things first. By prioritizing our day, our week, our month, and certainly this coming year. And applying biblical principles in regards to worshiping God and putting Him first. Amen? It all starts in one place. Do you know Him by name? Do you know Him by name? Have you been reconciled to God? Jesus in the third chapter of the gospel of John said, you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Do you know that you've been born again? Would you close your head and bow your eyes with me? The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.